nerd. 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 I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? Nerd. Holy crap, are we nerdy? La 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 la. Oh, because the yeah, volume was down on. You are like way high compared to anybody else. I wish. I, oh wait. <laughs> You should do that one. <laughs> just one thing. Make sure everything's set up prior. So all you have to do is just go. And just be high on one of the podcasts. <laughs> I really want to. That'd be great. <laughs> I wonder how much more interesting I would be. <laughs> Welcome, Nerdables, to episode 129. This week, we are going to get, as Chris put it just a minute ago, our collective nerd hard-on on over... I said nerd boner. Not nerd boner. boner. Nerd boner sounds a lot better. Over Rogue One's trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd dicksicle. <laughs> our, ner- our nerd testicles. No, it's just nerd boner. We are gonna teabag the trailer. It's nerd boner. Oh, just okay. relax. We're gonna be teabagging it. Man. Take we one can't... good little piece and you guys little nerd testicles, nerd hard on, nerd dicticles. <laughs> just just say one term. It's a good term and let it go. You can you can still teabag with the boner. Wow. <laughs> It's not as There's loose, so but... many your mom jokes I'm about to throw at you, you may always want to stop. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't need, think we need to be high for this one. I think Ethan's already got us right there as low as we can go. Uh, so, anyways, Rogue One trailer dropped this week. What are all the other subjects we're talking about? I don't know if we're going to make usually it. In the, usually in the open, we're like, hey, we're going to talk about this and that. And then we and don't get to this. say ImageCon but, or Image Expo, but... Well, there was also uh, dude. There Wizard. was so much news that came out of that. There's a lot, like, but I'm looking through the artists or the teams, and I'm like, eh, eh. You're, eh? Yeah, yeah, we can talk about not, Image There's Con. a couple that sound interesting. Well, it's like it's like it was going. <laughs> all right, we're already off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> the day that they were like announcing new stuff, it was was it Brubaker's Twitter or something like that, mm. or is this, where he was just taking pictures over and over again. He was putting stuff up. Just, so we were looking at it. I can't remember any of it right now. Mm. Um, because that's how good my memory is. DC Comics well, recreates well. Harvey Dent to, as Donald Trump. Really? Listen to us just go through the internet. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, some of it sounded interesting. But it's it's a it's a weird thing. It's at like Comics Pro, Eric Stevenson said that they're not taking as many chances. Well, not in chances. Or... It's like. We already have enough sci-fi, so if you come to me with a sci-fi pitch, oh, yeah, it's got to yeah. be totally different, or it's got to totally blow us away, what? and we're going to do it. Horror is the same thing. It's like, I'm sick of reading horror. Yeah. You know, I'm paraphrasing. I'm sick of reading horror pitches, so you bring me a horror pitch, it's got to be amazing. Unless you're someone who already has done comics. That was such a cool word. Well, it's the same thing that Kirkman went through when he was trying to pitch Walking Dead. There's too right. much other crap of zombies. And he well, it was also this. that Eric Stevenson didn't like, <laughs> didn't like horror tales at all. Right. He's not a big horror fan. Yeah. The, the thing that I'm looking at, though, is... He doesn't is, like horrors. Yes, he doesn't like horse. Um, what I'm saying is, if you're not an established creator now, yeah. you have to come up with something absolutely incredible for Image to take it, because almost everybody that's there that they, they're putting up yeah. on, on is a very well-respected, established creator. Oh, yeah. So they aren't taking chances. That's why, I mean, I've said for the last year, Boom has the best sci-fi that's out there. Mm-hmm. Something like Cluster or Venus, which is fantastic and could have very easily been an Image book, Instead goes to boom because Image is no longer taking standard sci-fi pitches. Which if you read Venus, Venus is a standard sci-fi pitch, but it's executed so incredibly well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's as close as they can get to trying to 
understand what it would be like for us to try and colonize Venus. And it uses, you know, there's a lot of research and a lot of science and so on and so forth. But it's just, I, I, I gotta question Image's commitment to anyone who isn't Brian K. Vaughn, Rick Mender. Yeah. Brian, I mean, that's the thing is like these guys are all established guys and they're great. And you have, you know, Azarello and Rizzo doing a book or whatever. And all of this stuff, and it's fantastic. But where are those new voices that Image was supposed to be a champion of? Well, that has become a big three now. Yeah, so but that's, that's the thing. The problem when you get big like that is yeah. you get safe. Yeah. You know, it was Marvel's thing. We give Daredevil to Frank Miller because we're probably going to cancel the title. It, do whatever you want. Hmm. And then a year later, like, no, no, no. Just keep doing the same thing. Just repeat the last 12 issues again and again and yeah. again. Frank was able to break out of that and do something a little bit different. But that's kind of that... that when they're treating, circle. they're treating their creators also fairly decent, so they're not oh, going to yeah. leave. So that's why, well, sorry, we don't have any room on the slate for this type of book. Well, the but, terms of, yeah, I mean, that's, that's your, like your you said, expenditures are. I heard Boom is hiring some horror. Yeah, it's, di- it's different sci-fi. in terms of, of image also because you can't, you can't absorb losses with successes because outside of your cost as a publisher, mm-hmm. All those successes go back to them. So yeah. you can't use the Walking Dead money to pay for Somebody John else. Doe's, you know, sci-fi story number one that you print 25,000 copies and you don't sell more than five. And yeah. you, you take that loss. They kind of can't cancel anything, really. I mean, it's, it's got to be successful out of the gate. I understand it, but it's also, I think they've lost something in trying to play it as safe as possible with people that have been established in other areas. So... So was, give us some of the announcements over from ImageCon. I have no idea. I don't have it. Does anybody have it, Mikey? Uh, the Winnebago Graveyard looked pretty cool by Steve Niles and Allison Sampson. It's a horror adventure story. It follows a family with a teenage son and what happens when their road trip goes wrong and they find themselves stuck in a town full of Satanists. Cool. The art looks pretty cool, at least the cover art. Um, you got uh, Verses by Ivan, Ivan Brandon, Asad Ribic, Eve... I think Eve or Ive, uh, Sporcina. All right, a bunch of <laughs> names. Um, let's see. Falls the rise and fall of Sata Flynn, a wildly popular soldier in a time when war has been privatized and is a form of entertainment. Hmm. That's cool. Armies financed and equipped by super corporations. War medics that double as pit mechanics. Sata's every move is live on TV, and for the first time, Sata finds out what it's like to lose. Hmm. Dun dun dun. Yeah. So yeah. So this stuff they put on Bleeding Cool. They have Lake of Fire. This is this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. And, and like proving me wrong. Mm. Uh, Lake of Fire by Nathan Fairburn and Matt Smith. Uh, it's a new uh, Nathan Fairburn. Apparently worked on Scott Pilgrim. Worked on Batman Incorporated. Matt Smith was Barbarian Lord. So you got someone who is is fairly new. Uh, Lake of Fire set in 1220 AD. Gears of the El. They gained, wow. Crusade Grind On, Alien Mining Craft Infest with Legions of Bloodthirsty Predators, Crash Lands in Remote Wilderness of the French Pyrenees, a small band of Crusaders, and a heretic are all that stands between God's kingdom and hell on earth. Um, that looked interesting. But then, you know, the next one is Azarello and Rizzo doing Moonshine. Yeah. Um, set during the Prohibition era, deep in the backwoods of Appalachia, tells a story of Lou Pirlo, a city slick torpedo sent from New York City, negotiated a deal with the best moonshiner in West Virginia. Um, nice. Yeah, so I mean, it, 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 well, it's not saying have, I'm not excited. I mean, I, yeah, I Brendan it. Fletcher and yeah, uh, Cameron whole, Stewart doing uh, Motor Crush. Yeah, the Batgirl team. Batgirl team. Over in DC mm-hmm. with Motor Crush. Um, Jonathan Hickman's got a new book. Hickman and Tom Lake Coker. Lake of Fire. Jen Van Meter. 
Black Monday Murders by Jonathan Hickman and Tom Coker. Classic occult indoctrination where the secret schools of magic are actually clandestine banking cartels who control all of society. But again, uh, yeah, having a, having a, you've got an established creator in there. Remender and Opinion, Seven to Eternity. Uh, yeah, that was the other one I was thinking of. You've got an established team there. Geralt's song, wow. the God of Whispers, is a Machiavellian warlord. So yeah, who image way everywhere in the world of Zal. I mean, it's a lot of sci-fi and just fantasy. Yeah, Image, yeah, Com- but that's because of- image Comics announced nineteen new ongoing series at at Image Expo. Good thing about the ongoings for Image, they're usually they end at like between twenty and sixty issues. Yeah. Not a lot of them keep on going like Walking Dead. So yeah, you have Black Magic, which is already existing. Camp Midnight, Steagle and Kazakhstan. Codename Babushka, which has already started. Mm. Uh, Crosswind with Gail Simone and Katia at Skaggs. Stags. I keep wanting to call it Skaggs, but Stags. Uh, uh. The artist is Kat Stags. Yeah. Um, which I'm super interested in because I love her art. Cry Havoc, Simon Spurrier, Ryan Kelly, Lou Lidgers, Matt Wilson, Simon Boland. I don't know which is already out. Expire, Jimmy Robinson, and Richard Pace. Faster Than Light, Brian Haberlin. That's been out already. The Goddamned by Jason Aaron and R.M. Guerra. That's been out already. Hadrian's Wall. Kyle Higgins, Alex Siegel, Rod Rice. Heartless, Warren, Elli- Warren Ellis and uh, Tula Lote. It'd be interesting considering... I like Tula Lote. Yeah. I like her art. I still need to pick up uh, Supreme Blue Rose. But... but there is quite a bit of sci-fi in this. Yes, there is. Uh, Huck is already started. Surgeon X. Ringside has already started. Slave Punk by Ron Wilberly. Snot Girl, that's awesome. Brian Lee O'Malley, mm-hmm. Leslie Hung, and Mickey Quinn. No idea what that's about. Sunset Park, Ron Wimberly, Throwaways, Caitlin Kitteridge, and Steve Sanders. So there are some different names in here. Yeah. Virgil by Steve Orlando and J.D. Faith. Yeah, full roster and new comic series announced on July 2nd, 2015. This is actually last year's. Nine of 19 have been published so far. That's what I was saying. Because like, you're reading off some of these. Like, uh, yeah, it's either out there or I've yeah, never this, even this heard of it. last year's stuff, yeah. Well, they so what nine came out last year? You'll probably well, yeah. Image Expo, the looking, looking back and looking ahead, that's what it was. So this was this was published on um, on April eighth of two thousand sixteen. So it definitely was looking back at the stuff that they announced last year through this year. But you know, Image is one of those. They're one of those publishers that unless you're reading comics, you don't know the publisher. You'll know the names of some of the books they publish, but you don't know that the they're... Creators? A, yeah. I mean, well, a lot of them. I mean, but... It's not like with Dark Horse. You know, you can... If you talk to your basic comic book fan, you know, if you say Dark Horse, they'll know, oh, yeah, they have, like, Alien, or know. they have Punisher, or uh, they have uh, Hellboy. Predator, Hellboy, things like that. They might know. When you, when you talk about Image, you... Maybe two or three titles can you know people can think of Walking Dead, Walking Dead, maybe, uh, maybe Saga. I would say Saga's up there now. Um, but then you get you start to go okay, well, what else? You know, and then it's like well, um, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, the the people that collect those books are the going to be the ones that yeah. The thing is, once, them, you, so. once you get in the circle, there's obviously a lot of. Uh, books that people are very passionate about, mm-hmm. books that readers are very passionate about. So, once you get in the circle, they have a lot of of you know fairly decent sized titles that have decent uh, printing, mm. you know, printing numbers there. But yeah, when the, the properties are because you're not in that kind of established 
60 and 70 year old companies that have had these characters in the mainstream for decades that just it's never going to reach that because once you're done with something like you know even even walking dead at some point robert kirkman's going to finish walking dead right and it's over you know it's not like robert kirkman's going to give walking dead to rick remender and then rick remender is yeah. going to give it to to john doe and then john doe is going to give it to to you know jane doe and jane doe is going to give it to writer x and stuff like that and you'll have 120 creators who've written someone like Spider-Man for 60 years. It's when he ends it at 20 years or whatever it is, it's over. And right. two decades after that, you'll be looking at it and going, yeah, I remember when that existed, but it's not, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any, you know, you're not going to remake it. You're not going to have, you're going to have companies that are going to like restart the walking dead. Right. Well, since it's creator owned yeah. anyway, exactly. you can't really do that. Unless but you also don't have, says, yeah, go ahead. You also don't have, with the exception of Walking Dead, you don't have a lot of distinctive characters that you would have with DC, Marvel, and you know. That well, you, well, you do, but they don't, they don't interact. I mean, that's the thing. Is, well, that's is you've, got, you've got Walking Dead. Okay, you've got the characters that are there. You have Invincible, which right. obviously has a lot of great characters. You have Southern Bastards. You read Southern Bastards by Jason Aaron. There's a lot of very memorable characters in there. They don't exist outside of that book. Right. Low, Lazarus, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Black Science, yeah. Manifest Destiny. These all have great characters in them. They, mm-hmm. They're just never going to interact. Right. There's never going to be a point in which Rick Remender is not going to announce the Black Science team that is crossing dimensions is going to jump into Manifest Destiny in December of 2017. Sure, and we're sure. Going to have a crossover. They don't have, I mean, uh, with, the ex- gonna... with the exceptions of Invincibles, you really don't have a lot of quote-unquote, superhero-type characters. There's a few that are in there, but they're done for a bunch of different reasons. I mean, it's not... There's no superhero universe. I mean, that's why Invincible is is different, because they did Guardians of the Globe, which, you know, he, he farmed out. It, as your creator, you can farm out your creation. You have Mark Miller doing Jupiter Circle. Right. And he's having other creators kind of take uh, pieces for, um, for miniseries. Same thing here. Kirkman owns Invincible. Right. But Guardians of the Globe, which was their Avengers team, was written by somebody else. Um, he, he started the title Thief of Thieves with, um, all of a sudden I can't remember the writer. But eventually James Osmus took over as a writer. Nathan Edmondson, I think, has written for it. There's a new writer right now. It's Kirkman's creation. He's responsible for paying those people. Right. He's responsible for hiring those people. Well, it's that's like the thing about God is Dead and a lot of his Avatar titles, too. So. Right. And that's where Image is a little bit different than a lot of other companies because most of it is creator-owned All properties. Everything well, yeah. in Image is creator-owned. It can't not be. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're Marvel or, or even something like uh, like IDW or, or uh, Dark Horse where they are – where they're, they're properties that they've purchased from yeah, other companies. Licenses. Well, there's licenses. A mix. Yes. I mean, IDW does creator owned, and so does Dark Horse. It it just it's a separate contract, right? Whereas Image has the same contract for everybody. We'll take we'll do all the publishing, and you owe, you know basically we're going to pay you mm-hmm. what's left. Whatever's on your book, you're responsible for. Right. Robert Kirkman created Skybound Entertainment partly because he has a bunch of people working for him now. The artist on Walking Dead, that's his employee. The artist on Invincible, that's employee. The writer and artist on Thief of Thieves, those are his employees. Yes. So, and, and now a number of other people, marketing and what have you. This is kind of, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago I read, um, or I watched the, uh, the the Image Comics documentary, and they were talking about that switch between... We put Ethan to sleep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that switch between the the artists that went and formed their own studios... In Sylvester Lee and Liefeld, 
and farmed out work for dozens of titles versus guys like Larson and McFarlane and Valentino that worked on one book or two books total mm-hmm. and had like a total number of people working for them in single digits still. There was one other writer, two artists, a marketing person, and a communications person. Right. You know, Tom McFarlane had five or six people working for him, and that's it. Whereas Jim Lee, at one point, employed 100 people. Yeah. Rob Liefeld was throwing money around like crazy. In, in this, he owned everything. And that was, that was kind of that weird thing where you're watching it and going, if you work for Omage Studios or you work for Extreme Studios, for Lee and Liefeld, respectively, everything you created, you had a, a, a portion of it. Right. But you didn't own it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you when you created characters for Stormwatch, Jim Lee and Homage Comics owned those characters. You owned like the creation of it. And so you had a contract much like DC had in the 70s and 80s, much like Marvel had for for a little while. So here at the uh at Image, part of the reason that they don't do this type of shared universe is it's very clear cut. Right. You can do 80 books if if Kirkman wants to publish 80 books, he can publish 80 books. It's up to Kirkman to hire people, it's up to Kirkman to to pay people. You owe the money to Image first, and then everything that you have left, that goes to your employees. So someone like, like Robert Kirkman owns Skybound Entertainment simply because the accounting is much easier. Right. You know, it's a, it's a corporation. Um, the same thing, Rick Remender owns Black Science with, with Scalara. If there's this fill-in artist, they have to pay him. But they, they can't they, just take the book and go someplace else. If they, oh, yes, they can. Can they? As, as long as, as... Who knows what the contract is right. in terms of... If Image says... After that first miniseries, you owe us eighty more issues. Then sure, I don't think that I don't think they do that. Right. I think it's just more of if they decide we're going to get a better deal at Dark Horse. The thing is, they're not. This is what Image prides itself on. You're not going to get a better deal. Yeah, right. Because everybody gonna, else is still going to take a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, the other the other companies like IDW and Boom and 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 Dark Horse. Their creator-owned contracts are built off of Image's contracts. Right. It's basically this, the same sort of thing. It's the only way to get people to go there. If you're being published at Icon at Marvel, like Bendis' stuff or Miller's stuff, mm-hmm. the contract's probably a little different. I'm sure in Bendis's case for something like Powers, it's the same exact contract. We'll market it. We'll publish it. We'll pay for the printing. We'll market it in previews. Everything else goes to you. you got to pay everybody who works on Powers. Right. You you got to pay the artist. You got to pay the inker. You got to pay the letter. All that that's all you. That's on you. You don't pay them. They don't do the issues. Whatever. Um, I don't know how it works if it's late. Yeah. For stuff like that. So I mean, there's there's different layers to it. But basically, images contract is the standard contract for anything that's creator owned. And you don't see these guys who have huge studios worth of stuff that's being published. You see stuff being published by Skybound. There's a bunch of other stuff. Manifest Destiny mm-hmm. is published by Skybound. I don't exactly know how that works because I don't know why they wouldn't just take it. I think the only difference would probably be it's up to Kirkman and his team, whoever he decides is on his his board. They would make the decision whether to publish it or not. Right. And I'm, I'm, that's what I kind of wonder. They take something like Manifest Destiny that's pitched to Kirkman and, let's say, two other creative consultants that are with Skybound. They say, we want to publish this. Kirkman takes it to Eric Stevenson and, and Image and says, we're publishing this. That's the only that'd be that'd be fascinating to know. Like, how does that second tier yeah. sort yeah. of work? Because Manifest Destiny is there. So there's another one that's theirs too that I can't remember. All of there's a, a new one that uh, starting too. Yeah. What's the, the Manhattan Project is Manhattan Project is not theirs. That's just Image. Oh, that's just Image. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of offhand. But there's another one. I'd ask Ethan because he spends all of his time at the Skybound booth, but <laughs> I don't think he looks at anything other other than, than Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah, that's pretty much right. Yeah, that's what we thought. <laughs> 
So, Ethan, we, yeah, we I've really got to find a fourth who knows. <laughs> Sebastian's not yeah, here. Sebastian's not here. <laughs> stupid festival of books. Um, so, really, there's nothing else that Kirkman does that you, you'd be interested in or anything that Skybound does that you'd be interested in? As big of a, a, a fan you are, is it just The Walking Dead that's got your nerd It's not like I'm boner? against it. I mean, I don't mind it. If, the, if it's something like a story comes across that... You know, I find it interesting. I'll pick it up. I was reading Lazarus for the first five issues, and then it kind of fell off because I just didn't get interested in the story again. Um, and then, no, I think Suicide Squad, uh, Suicide Risk was boom. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Glad, but, I'm glad I mean, you took the chance on that. And, <laughs> me, <so. laughs> yeah, no, um, it's it's all dependent really on the story for me. That's like, what I miss about you going well, to Comic-Con, yeah. Mikey. Yeah. Because you pick up some of the weirdest stuff that no one else will find. Chris will find stuff. And they're good stuff. <laughs> yeah, but you, well, you'd always find... No, I miss you going to Comic-Con because it keeps me focused on going up and down the fucking roads. <laughs> instead of just like wandering in, in like a fucking exploding firework in different directions. And then all of a sudden on Sunday going, I didn't go down that row. I didn't go down that Fucking Mikey, dude, show up <laughs> to these things. <laughs> um, now, I think... Because when you're talking about Image and the way they do their their um, creative own stuff um, and a lot of the contracts and stuff. I, I kind of think Miramax at one point was doing that with films for independent films. They were bringing on people and basically saying, we'll be your distributor. You make the film. That's how you get the Kevin Smith and Tarantino out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, basically either you make your film like in Kevin Smith's case. I miss those days when we had He to... paid everybody out of his own pocket. Yeah. And then brought it and he said, basically, I paid you guys. You guys are done. I bring this to Miramax or whatever. It was Miramax that they did. It was first, Miramax, right? yeah. yeah. And they're like, we'll buy it for this, and then we'll split profits going down yeah. the line. That all goes back to Kevin Smith. Whatever he wants to do with it, he does. And, and I think in terms of Kirk's, uh, Kirk's, wow, Clerks, the other writer there owns part of it because right. he wrote the script with him and helped create the characters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's along those same lines. As a creator, you know, hell, look at what we have right here. I yeah. mean, you own this. Yeah. So if you decide to sell it to somebody... We're shit out of luck, but that's, you know, you own it, so that's the sort of thing. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah. I would say you pay us now, but you don't. I pay in love. Yeah, you don't even pay in wow. love. Come on, I tried to say it with a straight face. So speaking about love, we're just going to jump right into it. Because Rogue One. So the... it was Tuesday? Wednesday? Wednesday? Tuesday? What day did it drop? It dropped... Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday. Thursday. Was it Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Thursday we got because uh, it was on because Tuesday morning. was when Star Wars came out on the Blu-ray yeah. DVD, and you got the teaser the night before. It was just a short picture of what looks like a shadow trooper or dark trooper. It's the Death Troopers, Death Trooper, and then they're like, "Oh, it's going to be on Good Morning America tomorrow at seven a.m." And then they just put it on the the website at like four a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Like okay, guys, don't watch Good Morning America. <laughs> well, so what I, it was what I was telling Rich is that Good Morning America airs in New York, so it was three hours ahead of us. So yeah, we got it at the right time because it was so it was it for okay. That was my mis- that was the my story that I read was it seemed like that person who wrote it assumed that it was released at four a.m. Eastern time on the Star Wars website, so it was released on the website. The at seven a.m. He said he got there. the message at five this morning. That morning, okay, because yeah. that would have been so, eight. That's probably where it was. It's been an hour into it, so yeah, yeah it was. Uh, I don't know. Let's see if I can go back that far. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm assuming is that they're like, okay, it's aired on GMA, 
now we can put it on our website for everybody to see. Not even thinking like, oh, maybe we should wait wait until the yeah, West Coast sees it. Five sixteen a.m. It's here. The official trailer teaser trailer for the Rogue yeah, they, One. They must have showed it right at eight. So he, the that's funny the other thing question. with that is is like when they announced it the night before, like oh, watch GMA in the morning. And they've done this with Jimmy Kimmel when Jimmy Kimmel premiered the Civil War trailer, right? Mm-hmm. So, really, as 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 someone like us, especially when we're here on on the West Coast, someone asked me like, "Oh, are you gonna are you gonna tape GMA in the morning? Are you gonna wake up?" I'm like, no, I'm just gonna wait till it shows up on my phone, yeah. and it's on my phone. It's just like why why I don't understand it. The There's best thing literally they literally on done, YouTube like th- three minutes afterwards. Yeah, and that's where like <laughs> I don't understand. I guess maybe it's for people not like us who are as connected to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's probably for younger children or whatever. Not younger children, but you know what I mean. That may not be. I don't know. It's just kind of that weird thing. Like I don't think of that. The same thing with Kimmel, where they're like, "Well, you got to watch Jimmy Kimmel because the Civil War trails on." I'm like, uh, no. I am. Like, we'll have it on the next. Yeah, you know, that and, and even when in the, yeah, in but the for case somebody of, like Mikey who doesn't have who doesn't have, have Facebook, who doesn't have Facebook, because I know on I'm, at least on my thread, and it's got to be pretty close on yours. I got it from the app. Well, I got it from the app, too. But But I'm talking about Civil War or something like that. 90% of your your first... When you get up in the morning the day of, 90% of your threads on your Facebook page are that trailer. Whether you know, in the case of someone like like Mike, again, if he's not that connected, it's probably because he doesn't really care. Right. You haven't even seen it yet. No. You're not interested in seeing it until it premieres on on a big screen. Um, Melissa. Yes. As a fan, if she has the... she still didn't like connect into it that day. It was later. It was like in the afternoon or whatever because it was sort of like it's okay. there. Yeah, so it's, it's there. It's not like she's yeah. gonna miss it. Yeah, yeah. you know, I didn't watch it until I got home from work. Like that's uh, yeah. For someone like me, that from the start, like as they're describing this film and what this film is or is hoping to be, I was stupid excited for it. So when the trailer hit, I just wanted to like I want to see what this trailer looks like. I want to see. Kind of what this this and tone and this theme and right is and it going to be in the same team, the, the, the same tone as the rest and before someone else blows it at the shop yeah too. the same thing too it was like I want to see I'm fine with that first trailer yeah you know going forward I don't want to see anything but I wanted to see what kind of feeling am I going to evoke from this trailer now you and I were talking the other night and the difference between this trailer and episode seven and this is kind of where we wanted the discussion to go because it's very weird when yes. you when you put the two of them together. The full trailer for Episode 7 on the first day of Celebration. Mm -hmm. It was something, as I'm watching it, it's a very ethereal... There was a lot of emotion. Because you're Mm -hmm. you're going back to characters, you know. The Han Solo and Chewie obviously was the big thing. But also, you're seeing new characters. You know it's in this tone, style. Uh, You know it's a trilogy. You're not going to get a lot of information. You know that you've got a long journey ahead. So the end of that trailer, we were talking about the, the the film that Lucasfilm released, the short movie, or not movie, but, you know, it was like different scenes from Celebration. Right. Different people in reaction. And there's that guy on the floor with like his hands on his head, and you could tell he was crying. He's just like, oh my God, I don't believe what I just saw. You know, you and I going, as as huge Star Wars fans, this means something to us. Yeah, I was in tears. You, you know, yeah, see, once Nerds. I finally was like watching Shut up. it. And whatever, just because we like stuff, and you can only go oh, zombies, um, <laughs> nerds. Anyway, shut up. the The difference between that and something like this, where it's this whole new experience, we've never seen a standalone film, live right. action film before. Um, we've never seen 
them try to expand this universe in this sort of way. Tell another part of the... Yeah. I mean, we, we it, get it with the expanded universe and stuff like that. Right. But that on screen, but it's, it's to have some other, another part of the... Something that is supposed to feel different and is supposed to even look a little different. And they put that on, again, episode seven. Oh, they put this on. And I got to the end of it. I was like, fucking December? Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. I loved this trailer from every... It's just like, oh, yeah, fucking X-Wings, and she's awesome, and oh, that guy's hitting the They're on Yavin and 4. Then, and then, fucking Adats! Yes. As the Adats are my, I love Adats because, when I, again, when 1981, I'm sitting there and I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, I scream in the theater, or at least in my head, or theater, whatever, the Empire has metal dinosaurs. Like, how awesome is that? So I've always had this love affair with Adats. So when they show up, oh, blowing shit up and everything. And that's why, that whole day... I'm going, this thing is so cool. It's so exciting. Like, you're just so ramped up for it in such a different way. Well, every, almost, if you were to look at it from just like a, a, a an outsider's point of view, you'd say, you're more excited for Rogue One than you were for Episode 7. Because you're getting a lot of familiar things. I think that it's, it's a different sort of thing. It's, it's also the Episode 7 thing, you're sort of like, okay, I don't want this to suck. Yeah. And, when, and we've had one, and we know, okay, it's in good hands or whatever you want to do. But it was just... It's a different kind of excitement. What's the ongoing story anyway? Yeah. Where, yeah, it's a different... As- it's still part of the ongoing story with Rogue One, but you only hear about it. You don't right. see any of it. And I think it's a weird to, to realize that we know more about Rogue One going into it than we did about Episode 7. Because they didn't tell you almost any of the plot of Episode 7 before it came out. Oh, in this one, You yeah. knew the characters. With this, like, you know the basis well, of the plot. Well, we speculated quite a bit oh, on Oh, no, we did, but... In, in terms of what Lucasfilm Disney has given you, right, the characters that are going to arrive, what the story is going to be, they've given you so much more for Rogue One, and I think that attributes to it as well. What are you talking we about in that what, one one minute thirty? No, trailer. no, just in, te- in the general terms. They've oh, yeah. already told us what the what the synopsis is. Yes, the synopsis was Episode Seven was a stormtrooper finds a chick on a planet. Yes, and that's it. They don't tell you and anything. Han Solo and Chewbacca yeah, show up. Get, Again, not even that. Just in terms of what they give you, in terms of words, in terms of what, right. what the IMDb yeah. synopsis was, was nothing versus what Rogue One is. You know, a rebel character infiltrates the Death Star to find plans to stop this ultimate weapon from destroying. The, okay, I kind of know what the plot is, and yeah. I think that attributes to it also. Where you're just sitting there going, "I can't wait to see this unfold." I just, I want to come on, come on, let's go, do it. I kind come of on. wonder if it was, it's something like Disney was like Episode Seven is something that we have to protect for the sake oh, yeah. of it being sacred. But this is our own project now, so maybe we. Well, can it's also I think I think giving anything away for episode seven starts giving away stuff for episode eight and nine, and you want everything to kind of develop the way that it develops. Right. But with this, you've got two hours or whatever this movie's going to be, and you're done. You're also talking about this is a, the Wait. first standalone movie. That's it's a first subplot that takes you away from the lineage of the Skywalker family. Mm. So, you know, they're expanding the. This is like Rebels. Or uh, or even the Clone Wars to an extent. Yeah, but you know you, well, you're, you you're, di- at point a, you're diverging. You have to end at point B. So tell whatever the hell you want. In and that's the other thing is you I mean, you are is, you're telling is... a whole trilogy for for lack of a better word with the Star Wars movie in two hours. Well, that's the thing is you're not telling a whole trilogy because it's a why you put it where it's at in terms of days or weeks before the Battle of Yavin. Mm-hmm. Before the events of episode four, is as a fan, you're going into it. You know exactly where you are. You know the Empire controls the galaxy. You know the Emperor's on the throne. Darth Vader, 
is his right hand man, Grand Moff Tarkin, and these other guys, and they're building the desk. We've already seen all this, right? You walk into it with that, and all you need, and that's what makes this to me so awesome, is and the reason that they picked. We just have to go in and tell this cool story. We got a brand new character who looks totally badass, mm-hmm. and her group of super commandos that are going to go get the plans that you're going to see that you saw 35 years ago. Right. Done. Like, it's not any, it doesn't need to be any bigger than what it is. You know, she's not going to blow up the Death Star. She's not saving the galaxy. She's not reestablishing the Jedi. She's not saving the rebellion from certain doom. Right. Because Luke does it when he blows up the Death Star. Mm -hmm. You're sitting here going, this is all I need, and let's see how it happens. And that's what a lot of the the expanded universe, when it was set in those pieces. This is the first EU movie, isn't it? It's it's the same idea as something like Rogue Squadron in in terms of the novels, where when you reestablished. The EU uh-huh. in 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 the nineties there, you established the idea that the New Republic and heir to the Empire, the New Republic was in control of most of the galaxy, right? Five years, six years, whatever it was, right after um, uh, Return of the Jedi. Your first thing, like five years after Return of the Jedi, after we had the, you had the truce of uh, uh, Bianca. Or, uh, Bra- well, no, no, that's later. That's this is what I'm saying. Which was that was months after Jedi. It then was you had, after Jedi, but you never saw. How did you take Coruscant? You know how they took Coruscant. It's in Rogue Squadron. Right. How do they lose Coruscant again so that they could get to Dark Empire because they mm-hmm. screwed up and like, oh, Dark Empire's later. The Empire's but, later. That's in Rogue Squadron. They were filling those little gaps within their own EU. Yes. That's what this is. And they've talked about that in terms of the um, the story group and the publishing side. Um, I can never remember her name all of a sudden. She was the editor before and she is now. She's a part of the thing that they're choosing, uh, these holes, these pieces. They're probably not going to do we're, we need to reestablish the old republic. At some point, they might, but they're not going to do that anytime soon because like, it's a lot of time. If yes. they ever do an old republic trilogy, and maybe they will at some point, you're reestablishing an entire universe. Correct. Where are you at? I just started rereading the. It's the, like if they the tried Knights to the old republic uh, or the old republic uh, comic series from Dark Horse, uh-huh. Dark One Collections for it. And there's so much world build in that. Okay, this is where we're at. The Republic's here. This is the this is what the Jedi mean to the Republic. This is what the Mandalorians are doing, invading. That's what this is. And, mm-hmm. and it's so it's all world build. Where this you don't have to build anything. Well, look at when they did the, the only uh, thing they're Dawn really of building the Jedi. Is, yeah. Well, this is that's those big things. I don't know if they're going to do that anytime soon. Rather than look at something like this and go, well, how did they show up with the plans? How yeah. did they get the plans? Here's how it happened. She's a rebel. We know what the rebellion is at this point. We know what the Empire is at this point. We know the Death Star is coming. And we you know, kind of shove these characters into roles we already know and give you just a story that doesn't need to be any bigger than it is and can still be amazing because it's going to be a great, hopefully. But what do you think is going to happen to these characters that people now will fall in love with from Rogue One? It's the same thing. you Because that's part of what they said with Episode 7. We have to establish new characters. Yes. We, the but, EU, but because the of where you're, on. the EU does this very well in terms of in terms of comics and games or comics uh-huh. and games and and, and 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 books, but they never had this kind of reach. Right here's where you can get something. What were the most popular comics? The ones that had Han, Luke, and Leia in them. What Other the than Rogue Squadron, doesn't matter. Still the most popular comics. Dark Empire blew all those other ones away. Sure. What were your most popular books? All the ones with Han, Luke, and Leia. Mm-hmm. Those are the books that people were attached to. People at Disney and in, 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 um, um, Kathleen Kennedy admitted, we have to create new characters in film, in the largest mm-hmm. media base that people will pay attention to, that people will love and adore, 
because we need to keep going. And as we saw with Con- with uh, WonderCon, Ray has completely taken yes. over. But you also we also seen what's the next step down? Right. TV. What's the most popular character outside of that original trilogy who's ever existed? It's Ahsoka. Yes. Because she's on TV. People mm-hmm. have a connection to her. We've seen her all these years in Clone Wars. You give them this movie, and you can do comics, books, TV, yes. cartoons, another movie somewhere down the line with these characters that people may attach themselves to. Could there be a Rogue 2, you know, Rogue 1 the second? Sure. If she survives, you know, she's... You've, you got, can, you've got all these stories. Battle of Yavin happens. they got to find a new base. Right. You, I was going to say, I mean, you, you could fill in. You could fill you in do. between. With Rogue 2 could be finding Hoth. Rogue 3 could be getting with the bo- the Bothans yeah, to get the second Death Star. Or you Darth, can just make Star. it your own. You don't even have to. At this point, if you can establish it where your character is super important and that people will follow that character wherever it goes, you don't have to make it about any of the other films. Right. You can just make it. Rogue, Rogue Two, Rogue One, Two, whatever. <laughs> well, like, at, like in Aftermath, though, there was a character that was in there that was in another uh, previous book, like Tarkin or whatnot. So you can have, like mm-hmm. Chris was saying, yeah, you'll have those connections. Are in there, just not. But when you establish your character as important, you can do you can do another film where it it, it isn't even connected to Empire or Jedi. It's simply her and her team or whoever is just trying to stop the Empire from. Stopping a slave ring, stopping right. the empire from from crushing. You can put them in other missions throughout yeah, the galaxy, no matter, and they don't have to have any connection. Right. Um, speaking of connections and everything, as soon as everybody saw the character of what's her name, Jen, what I forget the last name on it, Felicity Jones. <laughs> Jones's character, Felicity Jones. Barnaby Jones. As soon as everybody saw <laughs> Felicity Jones' character, Jones. everybody, Jones autom- <laughs> everybody automatically went, that's Ray's mom. I don't know if everybody automatically went. A lot I of people. I know you did, so you wanted to make sure everybody else did. But. Well, no, I, I, when I, I just did that as a cool meme because it was Rogue One Here's my and problem Red 5. There has to be a point where you make this universe bigger, and if you connect everything... You have I know the first we talk, film yeah. that's not connected to these nine other trilogy films. What will be nine other trilogy mm. films? Just let everything alone. Yeah. I'd, I'd love for this to just be the only connection you see is Mon Mothma. And kudos to yeah, Lucasfilm but... and Disney in terms of characters. To Lucasfilm and Disney for hiring the same actress who played Mon Mothma in Episode Three, who had all of her in scenes the deleted cut. scene. Yes, because oh, really? she's yeah. yeah, it's the same oh, actress. In episode Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in Episode Three, there, there's, there's yeah. mostly because uh, I know it's in the book. I remember it's in hearing the comic. about that too. There's uh, Padme and Bale and Mon Mothma and I think one other character are already starting to talk about what are we going to do about the Emperor? Yeah. Once the war's over, what do we do? How do we get him to give up all his... Well, there's also a scene where they're talking about the Emperor's... Uh, the, well, Palpatine's power and how it's become too much. That's the scene. Yeah, That's but there, there's about. like two or three scenes. There was one scene. They're all sitting in, a, in, a, in an But you do see her at the very end... Um, there is one scene where you do see her behind Bale and everything. I think that it was still left in there. I don't think it is, but one way or the other. Anyway, they hired the same actress who looks yeah. spot oh on. God. She's got a great voice. There were a lot of so people that thought good, that yeah. they just they they imposed the original actress's face on her. Yeah, she looks... which I found out that's illegal. You can't do that because of uh, Crispin Glover. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2, yeah. where he sued them. Well, yeah. That, 
They should so do that that's the, it's illegal knowing. now to, to well, do it, that at it's all. It's illegal without permission, permission. yes. Yeah. Right. Because, you have to have yeah. permission. But I think she's, is she dead or something? I don't know. The original actress. I'm not sure. But yeah, it was it's spot on Mon Motha. Genevieve O'Reilly, that's her name. Yes. Um, Stormtrooper. Wasn't there another general? What the the older general? Did, what didn't he look like somebody else from either we see in on Hoth or towards? The I don't. End? I don't think they're using Rekin or Dodonna because obviously I don't think they're going to be able to do General Dodonna who was on the Avon. He gave the briefing. Right. General Rekin is the commander of the Hoth base. Right. Um, I don't think they're going to use him either. I really don't think there, there's going to be other connections. I know a couple people have come out and said, well, Diego Luna is going to be big. big yeah, there were a lot of people. And me, as, we were talking last night, as we were talking last night, and I said, that's impossible because if you take the scene in episode four. The anchorhead scene. The anchorhead scene, which they've removed, but you think it's probably still canon. He hasn't jumped yet. He hasn't joined the re- the rebellion yet. But even, even Luke's dialogue with Uncle Owen, yeah. when he talks about his friends just Owen. leaving. Um. So no, Biggs wouldn't be a part of the rebellion at this point, unless I mean he would be actually. The only thing I can think of is if they do it in terms of days, but they can't. No, they can't because they're already still in the plans because the plans are on later ships. So they would. The Biggs would be in part in the Imperial Academy right now. Yeah. So you could have she could find him on the you know, but yeah, I don't think he would have his mustache at that point. Well, the other rumor is she finds somebody else at the academy, wasn't it? Oh no, that's not it. Oh, something else. Never mind. Well, there was rumors that Grand uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn was going to be in it. Well, that, no, that, that wasn't the rumor that, that it was supposed to be like Young Han was supposed to be in it or something like Young that? Young Han's supposed yeah. to be and in it. Like, Darth Vader's supposed I, to be in it. I think Vader's in it. Um, I think Vader has the cameo. I think Vader is. There's a shot in there of him att- of, of a character. We have a, a, a new villain. I don't even know who plays the villain. I don't know which one of these these guys plays the villain, but you, you see him really quick. But also the, the music for when the Rogue One title comes up, it's a very slowed Imperial March. Well, yeah, but that that's an Imperial thing. I mean, that's not even Vader. That used to be. Originally, it was for just Vader, but then yeah. it expanded. Well, it's called the Imperial March, not called Vader's theme for a reason. Right. Um, you have the, 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 the white-suited um, Imperial officer. With the cape. Who has a badass cape. Like, to the floor, billowing out, total superhero, supervillain. Well, you see him walking Magneto. through the walk through the water. Yeah, that and him, that's it looks like he, Magneto you know, so when much. When he's approaching the the, the 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 hologram thing, that's where I think you're going to see Vader. He looks so cool. Yeah. It's like so, and that's where it was like, "Oh, it's going to be Grand." I don't. I never thought they were going to use Grand Admiral Thrawn. No, I think unfortunately they are going to use him in Rebels, but that's for another day. Um, I think I think you won't see any aliens within the Empire in a film. Well, see, the thing is, and that's why that was the whole thing well, with Thrawn. Thing. Thrawn, why he was put out into right. the. But here's the thing. That's non-canon. Yes. Not a single canon story has ever said that the Emperor is a speciesist. Not one. Mm. Not one. There's no, no. New, there's no new canon. Tarkin, Tarkin. Tarkin is. I'm not talking about Tarkin. I'm talking about the Emperor. Because remember, the Emperor keeps the Masamita with right. the horns at the end. Right. He never gets rid of these people. That was... A, a, it In was, Tarkin, it was a way, yeah, it's, it, you're right. Tarkin has always been... It, Tarkin has been... Uh, uh, described as a species before in, in the in the early EU, mm-hmm. and he's described as a species in Tarkin. He thinks humans are better than than the aliens. In terms of the Emperor, there's no confirmation in any of the new canonical uh, literature or games or comics or whatever that he's a species. That he only see. I think they humans. should because in that way it helps to to take the, all the species that you saw in episode one, two, and three, and they're gone. 
and why there aren't so many Wookies throughout the galaxy and things like that. Well, the Wookies is because they're slaves, right? I mean, they've. they've I have a feeling it's going to be something we're going to see in in Han I Solo. I don't think you will see him be because it, it came out, and it was really it, it came out in an idea that. They were trying to make the Emperor even more evil than he was. Right. Well, look how terrible this guy is. He's even more terrible because he doesn't like... He's like Hitler times a thousand. I don't know if they want to shut off the idea of having Imperial commanders, stormtroopers, whatever, as aliens. They probably will at some point. Yeah. But I don't know if they want to shut that off right now. Especially if we think that Grand Animal Thrawn is going to show up in Rebels. It's not like they're on the other side of the galaxy. I mean, they're they're in that sort of mid to outer rim. Mm-hmm. Who know? I mean, who knows? I mean, it's 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 a, it's a minor point, right? But it's still something to 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 point out is we don't know. They haven't told us yet whether they're going to continue that sort of idea from from the EU. But well, the yes, Inquisitors this, are aliens, aren't they? I mean, you have nice. Yes, they are. The Inquisitors. So. That that's the thing. That's the thing that makes me believe that they don't. They're not going forward with that. Yeah. Because Inquisitors, although. They're they're not Vader's inquisitors. They're the emperors, and none of them are right. human, as yeah. far as we know. I don't know. Well, we don't know a lot about the inquisitors yet. Yeah, but you, but we've already sh- they've shown you four inquisitors. Unless he's just grabbing force force sensitive, you know. Well, yeah, because everybody can use the force right, right. after the thing. Um, we'll get to that in a minute too. You've seen four inquisitors, and you know that three of them are not human. Because yes. we haven't seen who the woman is under the, the, well, the helmet. Don't we know she's a night sister though, or a night sister? No, we, no, you're, we're talking about the seventh sister, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's voice, right? Yeah. We saw her face. Did we? Yes. I don't remember that. She's got kind of a gray face. Uh, okay, well, there you go. Kind All of four an, of them are But aliens. we don't see what the last one that shows up yeah. in The Twilight of oh, the Apprentice. I thought, we, I thought we saw him. No, he never takes off his mask. Hmm. That's, uh... That's why I, I still don't think he dies, because he's the only one you don't see actually get stabbed through with a lightsaber. He goes flying off of the... That's, uh... That's, uh... The... the the Sith Temple. Yeah, he's uh, he's Finn's grandfather, right? Because <laughs> they all have to be connected. Um, he was Luke. In terms of something that you said last night is is we really hope, really hope, outside of seeing Vader in a cameo, nobody in this film can use the Force, and nobody in this film uses a lightsaber. Yes, we've seen um, what is it, Donnie Yu's character? Yeah, with a bow staff, take on stormtroopers because he's like, hey, I'm a fucking badass, and I'm just going to take on a bunch of armored dudes. With I think stick. that's the that's the solution and that's what I hope. Like, if you have martial arts, that's I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, and watch, they're going to tell him that he's a master of Terrace too, or something. Like that. <laughs> that, <laughs> would, no, that's, that would be awesome. That's a that's the type of thing that I love. Like, if you put that in there, who cares? I yeah, mean, that's just kind of funny, and you chuckle. That at would it. be great. And that's the thing. If they put that in there, there you go. And we've also seen like she's carrying batons at one point. She's uh-huh. taking stormtroopers with with batons and sticks. So. Hopefully that's as far as it gets. You you get that melee combat. That what worries that me is that Forrest Whitaker's character is a Jedi. I don't think he is. I think he's just a... I mean, you can have a, a sage without, you know... Well, the whole idea with, with um, Episode 7, where we saw Maz's character and then... Um, uh, Max von Sydow's character. Yes. That's it. Just they're, watching they're, that part last night, where Maz says, I... I I can't use the force, but I know of it. Right, I know about it. And Maz so. and, and and Max's character is a he he, he believes in the force and, and and the beliefs of of it, but he's not a force user. Is what, the way they described him in the right. in the uh, in the in the um, book. Yes, thank you. I couldn't get the word out. Um, <laughs> so Ethan. <laughs> As somebody that's a, a hold novice, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? writing credits, according to IMDb, Rogue One: A Star Wars Story, 2016, Chris White's screenplay, John Knoll's screenplay, 
Gary Witta's story. Uh, or sorry, uh, John Knoll's story, Gary Witta's story. George Lucas, and you just like, oh, wait, characters. Okay. <laughs> I will write Rogue One for you. I I gave you the plot. (laughs) I get a writing credit. Uh, Ethan, as a novice of Star Wars, what do you think of Rogue One? What's a novice? You mean a novice? So anyways, Chris, (laughs) (laughs) the (laughs) AT-ATS. You mean the all-terrain armor transports? (laughs) God damn it, Ethan. You don't, I don't give you much time to speak, but when you do, you just get the words out. We did get the word out. He yeah, was correcting shut up. you because you were incorrect. A novice. Still you still said, said it wrong. <laughs> novice. Are you a novice? A or novice. Are you, are you a novice or a novelist? Like, I don't one? know at this yeah, point. I'm okay, as a novice okay. of Star Wars, what did you think of Rogue One? And I at this point, I don't really give a shit what the fuck you say. I don't care. So why ask the question? <laughs> I was giving you a chance to speak. Um, I, in, I, I love Brazil, the fact that they're on Yavin 4. In Brazil, it's called Rogue One, Uma Historia Star Wars. It's a Star Wars story. English title, Star Wars Anthology, Rogue One, XW. I'm surprised they use story instead of tale. Historia. I don't know. A Star Wars I, tale? I, I sort of thought that. That goes back to all that goes back to all the um, Dark Horse stuff. Tales of the Jedi. Mm. Uh, there was something else. Tales of the Force or something. Um, but no, I'm I'm so glad it's on Yavin Four because obviously we're that close to it, and we get to see a lot more of of the base there, which I've always loved that base. So the Sasi Temple. Yeah, it is rumored that Peter Cushing would reprise his role as Grand Moff Tarkin <laughs> from Star Wars. <laughs> Even though Cushing died in 1994, he would be resurrected via CGI archival footage from this film. Well, that's what they were they were saying is that they were going to be able to do that. They'd just get an actor and then the, they would they, they would make him look really bad like they did with God, episode three. Well, it's the same. And thing the fact that they, they made that with... figure based off of that, oh, that was horrendous. But they could get that actor again and just do a lot better makeup with it this time. Well, it's I, like what they did with Paul Walker for Furious Seven. Yeah, but they got his brothers to. To fill in, this is, oh, yeah, this is the second item. theatrical Star Wars spinoff after Star Wars Clone Wars, and the first live action one since the television film Ewoks: The Battle for Endor. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's see, they do. They count those as live action spinoffs. I don't think anybody counts. Them. <laughs> well, I guess those are EU. <laughs> well, John Williams isn't composing this one, so this is going to be the first Star Wars movie that he hasn't composed. He stole my thunder. This will mark the first time in which John Williams will not compose. Speaking a live of which, theatrical Star Wars film. John Williams showed up at the opening of the. Uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter this week. Yeah, because he did the music for Harry Potter. Right. No, I know, but it was great. He did the, it for the first theme. movie. Uh, yeah. Not all of them. He didn't do it for all of them. Because well, they all ch- of them use his music. So, well, they, but they they changed up some of the music. So you know, after him, but it was it was still his original score. But they they added their own mix to it. But yeah, he was there for for the, the you know, and it looked like he was only like some his arm was in a sling or something because he was when he was. Uh, well, he's long like as he 90, can, isn't he? As long as he did... No, because I keep saying that, and Melissa keeps correcting me. He's like close. 84, 85. There like was something in there, because we, I think we figured out that when we first did it, if he was going to do episode 9, he would have been 90 at the time. Mm-hmm. If he if he recorded the year that episode 9 was going to be released or something like that. Um, as long as he does the three dates at the Hollywood Bowl, that's all I care about. <laughs> this summer? This fall? <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to all three of them, because that's probably the last time he's going to do it. Because if he is... Because he doesn't do it the year that he's 
composing for Star Wars, so that's he's not doing next year. And then the year after that, he's like 89, so like, he probably won't do it then either. Um, so yeah, what'd you think? He is 84 years old. February 8th, 1932 is when he was born. He's old. He's old. <laughs> so, um, the trailer, it was, it blew me away. I can't wait to see it. I, I know Mikey's waiting to see it in front of Civil War or wherever it's going to first premiere in the theater. I can't wait to see it in the theater because that's going to just be. If it doesn't. I don't know if I'll hold off and if it doesn't show in front of some war. Yeah, because I think sometimes we expect these sort of things and they don't show up. Yeah, there's there was, was something like, that yeah, there was some big trailer last like, year and we're like, what? nope. No, we, it might have been the Star Wars. trailer We were thinking the Star before, Wars trailer uh, was going to show. Avengers, yeah, yeah, with those going to see it for Age of Ultron, it wasn't mm-hmm. there. Well, that's my thing is I'm thinking is it's so far out they may hold off until like the summer to show it. They may not. It's show not that it. far off. I mean, this is about. We're a month earlier than what we got the Star Wars trailer. Yeah, it's still year. seven months. And the only ahead reason, of... well, yeah, the only reason they saved the Star Wars trailer was because of Celebration. Right. Celebration this year is until July, June, July, July, July. July. So they weren't going to wait until July to put that. I think it's out. a week mm-hmm. before Comic Con. Next year, it's D twenty three is like the week before Comic Con. Yes, I know. I, oh my god! I looked at that and I was like, I was oh, like, oh, what's, what's Rich no. going to do? That's two conventions right in the world. I told Beth, I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> Okay, well, here's the thing. Since you guys did WonderCon on a budget, start saving for it oh, yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> we did WonderCon on a budget, but I still, I mean, I still do spend... the, Here, do the, do the put. Get home from WonderCon. I still got everything I wanted. Get, get home from Comic-Con and do what my friend Doug does. So every week he puts whatever the week is. So he puts $52 and then 51 and then 50 whatever. And it gets you to like 1700 bucks by the end of the year or something like that. Because he does it for Christmas, like on, on like December 26th. Like yeah, well, the first Friday after Christmas, he puts $52 away, and then 51 and then 50 and then 49 for oh, whatever. Okay. That's and interesting. And so every week, and so the, the week before Christmas, he puts in a dollar or whatever, yeah. or he hmm. takes the last four weeks and puts it together because it ends up being eight bucks. Hmm. So he has all his money ready to go for Christmas. Well, that's cool. So that's what, and I looked at that and I was like, "That's a really good idea." That's yeah. a really good idea. I was but, like, "That seems easy," and you know, for me, because like I sit there every week that I get my paycheck and go, "Okay, take a hundred dollars out and put it up to Comic Con," and I don't consistently do it. Right. I try to do it, and, and I've been okay. I've been better this year than I have been, the, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like this year, I've got to take a whole paycheck. Sometime between now and July, I've got to take a whole yeah, paycheck. Yeah, like WonderCon. Basically, late. WonderCon, I I used. I set aside a quarter of my paycheck to use it at WonderCon in addition to like $200 I had, you know, put mm-hmm. away outside of the Comic-Con money. So I was sort of looking at that and like, yeah, oh, it's probably a good when idea. When I was going, I always put 20 bucks away each week, yeah. every paycheck, because I get paid yeah, but weekly. You're, you're so, like, but disciplined like a bitch, well, though. I mean, it's yeah. disgusting. I really hate your guts. It's just it's <laughs> gross. I'm gonna get up soda. He does it. He's all like, well, cool. no, that that don't. That, that's why he got. Difference. That's why he got beer tonight. It was because he didn't want to have soda. I can't drink soda, so I'll drink beer. <laughs> I don't drink beer enough, so. <laughs> hey, there's still there's still Guinness in the house. Let's drink it. Let's just get it going. Party time. Go team, go. So, before we wrap up, uh, I know we had our our Walking Dead season finale last week, but Chris, you weren't on it. So, did you get to watch the season finale? Yes. What'd you think? It was the season finale. As somebody that reads a comic book but hasn't caught up to the comic book but knows that was close. where it's going, were you 
happy they didn't show who they kill? Were you disappointed? Because the, the, well, the internet the, was mixed all the way What around. I was saying disappointed is that I got to listen to six months of the internet bitching about who the fuck it is. Yes. So, because like, I... The thing that's funny to me is that people are like... Um, oh, you woke oh, up now. Oh, the the audio where it blacks out, is it, it says it there, so they're like raising the levels of the audio. Yeah, supposedly and like if you raise to, like, the audio, you can hear Maggie scream Glenn. Oh, really? That's supposedly... Someone says... I. I listened to and it and you can hear Glenn go the whole Mag Maggie type deal. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. it's just wow. People really become desperate to know. Because it's either it's I either it's Glenn or before the end of the season premiere, he's going to kill Abraham, Sasha, and Eugene because you have three characters that seem to have reached where they they are going to go. Yes, if, in yeah. the in the show. Yeah, because Sasha is whatever. We haven't seen anything from. The last time Sasha was interesting was when she was suicidal because boyfriend got eaten or whatever. Right. And so Abraham now all of a sudden arc. out of nowhere, Abraham's like, you know what? I want some chocolate. So he gets rid of Rosarita. <laughs> well, that's the way it kind of happens become, in the book. But... Yeah, but I don't care. What I'm I'm talking about the show. Yeah. From the show to me, you can end all three of those characters' arcs right now. Yeah. And. They're fine. You're but his, but the funny thing is, if his arc Glenn, ends in the book right after he decides to dump Rosita. Yeah, it's, well, there you go. If you have, if you kill Glenn in terms of where they left him in in the, the show, I think there's a lot more potential for him. Yes. So that's why I just, to me, that's my guess. But I mean, it it's. Well, Ethan, we were, we were talking about that as what our top three would be, and everybody had on their top three, uh, uh, Carol. Until we see that Carol is nowhere Carol. near. Uh, but yeah, Abraham's in the top, oh. was in the top, and Glenn, obviously, because And you, you've got this thing where you've changed Eugene so much from what he was, so why not kill him now? You know, that's... Yeah. It's, it's... He's already... He's one useful have, thing. I don't have done. that same connection that a lot of people... I'm like, okay, that's the season ender, and, and I'm done. And yeah. I can go on and move on to other things. I wasn't... You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's just, it's it's it's... I'm not saying it's bad in any way. It was good. I enjoyed it. But I'm not like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know what? In terms of the technical show itself, Negan's speech is way too long for TV. That's what my everybody says. God, is that thing too long? And it gets to the point. I mean, I'm sitting there going, all right, I'm going to hit the fast forward button. Because it's all, it's not anything specific. Right. You know, if it's specific, like, I have a thousand men. We have this facility. I can tell you whatever I want because none of you are going to make it a, it was just all, you know, like, when you get to the forest and the forest sees you and the jaguar's in it, and that jaguar <laughs> decides that it's got a big boner, that boner comes down and meets Lucille, and Lucille's got... Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's all abstract stuff that I'm sure, you know, like, if we really pay attention, go, okay, I can see what he's saying here or whatever. I think it was Mikey who said that that he lost his... What, what, what you said? Your, 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 your anxiety. Your anxiety, yeah. 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 yeah, he was telling me about it, too. And he's, yeah, he gets into it, and he's like... You're really sitting there, and and if the speech was going and he suddenly turned on somebody, right? That that's what I was waiting for. Like I'm sitting there watching it, going, okay, in mid sentence, he's gonna, bam. and then yeah, he's just gonna pop that bat in one direction, and you won't see, you just see like the back of him, like throw the bat up, yeah, and then hear someone scream, and that was gonna be the end of it. Like mm-hmm. I purposely didn't check the time to see how much time was left at that point. When when it came back to commercial, it was almost like ten minutes. left. Yeah, and that's what I I didn't know how much time was left. Going okay, this that could be the end of it, or it's you know Rick Bixby, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but as it kept going, the tension sort of disappeared, and for someone like me, like 
Mike and I watched. You watched all of Justified as well, but mm-hmm. especially in those. They they did tension so well. Yes, those standoffs, and I thought they they more often than not, and most of the time, ninety ninety nine percent, they found that perfect moment. Yep, where you break it in one way or another, something happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he's in the 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 ho- what was it the hotel, and that assassin shows up, and they're sitting in the at the table, and you're just waiting for something to happen. You're like, this tension is fantastic. Yeah, it never got, or even of, in the restaurant where towards the, when they had Alan Tunic's character. Yeah, right? so you're just like. Uh, with I find with The Walking Dead that they play stuff out too long. Mm-hmm. No matter who's the showrunner, because season two, I fast forwarded through ten percent of season two. Yeah, because the, the, the whole the, the whole thing. Yeah, well, the hell with the farm. The the one where Daryl goes out to look for for the girl. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, he's at a house. He's walking around. And he finds some flowers. I picked these posies for you, Miss Carol. I mean, <laughs> it was such a terror. And you're just sitting there going. She's dead. Okay, is there zombies? Is there zombies? No? Okay. Oh, he's going to the house. No, no, there's no zombies there. And then, okay. And it's the same thing. You're just like, there's nothing here. And well, you have to give yourself enough moments where, when you, if you do tension in something like this, right, there's a lot of times you got to open the door and there's nothing there. Right. Because the other times when you open the door and it's, hey, this zombie knows how to run or something. Every time it, you it, open yeah, the door. Every time you're... you open the door, there's a zombie behind it, then you don't know. They, when they go through office buildings and there's nothing uh-huh. there and, or whatever, you just get to the point where you see one zombie behind a pane of glass and that's it. And sometimes the tension has to pay yeah, off. You, sometimes it has to pay off, sometimes it doesn't. But here is just, the, I thought that speech was too long. I mean, uh, what's his face as, as Negan was, was cool. I mean, as, as someone who has really no connection to Negan. Yeah. Um, Henry D. Morgan, I thought, was just, just good into like, yeah, that, that guy's a dick. Who? <laughs> Yeah, who'd you say? Harvard? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I said Harry Dean Morgan. Who the hell's Harry Dean Morgan? Uh, so last guy... year I said Richard Dean Morgan or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it, like... Wasn't, a, wasn't Henry Morgan the guy on MASH or something? Yes, he was. That was Colonel <laughs> Potter. It was like I was telling them yesterday, or not yesterday, last week when we were doing the podcast, is that when you read it in the comic book, you read it fast. Well, that comic book, like I said, it's a fast read. And there are oh, so many true. pauses in between his speech... That that's what dragged it out. I think if they kind of if he went on a speech, take this, going through. But the hold Blu-ray, on, take, hold on, take this, take Sin City, mm-hmm. and realize when you adapt directly, it doesn't work. Yeah. The, the way that comics are written and the way that it, it appears on a live action screen, they've got to be different. Yeah, look at older. Com- I mean, there's no way you're going to believe in a, in a story when Wolverine shows up. You know, like you've killed everyone that I've ever known, and my adamantium claws that I could pop out of my wrist are going to slice you into pieces. And when those pieces fall on the floor, I'm going to set them on fire, and then they're going to set on fire, and then I'm going to eat them. That doesn't work in a movie. In a well, movie, in a book, walk you got to. I mean, a comic book is the same thing as a book. You got to describe what's happening okay. to a certain degree. I mean, you don't have. You can obviously you have a visual component because you have pictures. Yeah, but. You're also again. You can read that thing a lot faster. You're right. not reading it. You're reading you're it reading how it, you hear it. You're not it in reading your head. it as there's a line, and then there's two panels of him walking to one edge of the camp, and then there's four lines as he walks towards the other edge of the camp, and then there's a line as he. You're not 86 panels on this one page, right. To get you to him pacing in front of all these characters, it's four panels of a lot of words, but you're flying through those words versus versus the. You got to figure out where that that timing is to me, and that I thought the timing in. Pretty much the timing in the whole thing was not. It's it kept going down all these different roads and finding other characters. I think that the you reason see, you see that that multiplying force, and I think one of the best lines in, in the whole show is when she says, 
those aren't the same guys that were that the other roadblock. Right. You know, where you're like, okay, that's the whole point is we've got not dozens. We may have a couple hundred dudes mm-hmm. who are a part of this group. Again, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, and you're just like, okay, okay. It's it's weird to have that be the season ender in a season in which you've had one or two of probably the fastest, most action-packed shows that they've ever done yeah. thrown in the middle. So, Well, one reason Negan's speech may be so long and disjointed as far as being cut up like that, with pauses like you said, is because they shot it word for word from the book for the Blu-ray. Then they cut it for the the. Well, the yeah, show. they've already mentioned that they've shot it two different ways. One is going to be including the f bombs that he drops f-bombs? for the Blu-ray for the Blu-ray, and then the other way was for what aired on AMC. Mm-hmm. See, this you have a show in which you have people like getting their flesh eaten off, yeah. like long shots. You have you have Alicia Witt's character in the armory or whatever. She gets eaten, her cheeks falling off. You're seeing guts and intestines. Wait, 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 guys, 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 guys. Can't use the F word. I mean, come on. You're on cable. You can do whatever you want. You're on cable, and by that time, it's already close to 10 o'clock, you know, on a Sunday night. Kids are most probably in bed by now. Hey, the South Park gets away with it. Most of the kids nowadays, their parents don't give a shit. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. It's Arabella's not, been watching Walking falls, Dead since it started. It falls back on Arabella the had to go to a, she had to go do a voiceover for uh for uh Neighbors 2 and she had to say the she had to say fuck this week. Really? Yeah, she loved it. Cuz of then the movie, you know, the new uh, uh Zac Efron yeah, uh, no, Seth Rogen. Yeah. It doesn't look that good. She had to go in and do some lines for it. I guess either the little girl that they had cast yeah. didn't say it right or they couldn't I'm understand not saying it or the F word. wouldn't say the F word. No, I will not say it. My child's I, not going to say that. Yeah, says so like what? Yeah. Oh, let's get Chloe Guts permit. You want to say? You want to say the c word on it? Go for it. Yeah, just knock it out. We already have an explicit label, but I won't use that word anymore. I think I just disproved my own point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I am AMC. Dun 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 dun. Jim Jeffries says, "What's wrong with you guys? You say motherfucker, and that's worse than saying yeah. cunt." So. And there goes the C word. <laughs> and on that note, I think we need to wrap things up. So uh, for Ethan, <laughs> I keep I wondering wondering in this for cunt, motherfucker, <laughs> and goddamn. <laughs> so for for Chris, Mikey, and Ethan, I'm already saying we'll see you next time. Oh wait, check us out on Facebook.com/slash/Nerdables and on Twitter at Nerdables. Too late, too late. You already said to see you next time. <laughs> Nerdables Sorry. show. Oh my god, I'm